Hey, Kate. Yeah? Do we give legal advice on this podcast? Oh, gosh, no. Hostile work environment. Exactly. Hey, an appropriate workplace topic. Hostile work environment. I'm the human resources director. Little Miss Hostile Work Environment. Hello, and welcome to the Hostile Work Environment podcast. After a long time. My name is Mark Alifans. I'm here with Kate, as always. Kate, we're in 2022. You're still giggling. That's a good sign. It is a good sign. I mean, I would have to say, if somebody asked me how I'm doing, that I personally am great, but the world sucks. And you have news. Like, how have things been going for you? I've got good news and I've got bad news. Well, I'm, well, I mean, it's, I guess it's mostly still good news. So first of all, I, uh, I, I'm now shareholder at Bullard Law. So uh, I was uh, able to, to hoodwink them into thinking I know what I'm talking about. Uh, uh, fortunately, not too many of them have listened to this podcast to learn otherwise. So, uh, um, so I'm excited about that, um, uh, that I've been able to continue this ruse as long as I have. And, and I'm a shareholder now. Uh, and... Uh, that just means that there's, you know, more pressure to build, you know, so <laughs> good times. Uh, no, it's all, it's, it's really good. And uh, my firm's been super supportive and, uh, and I love them all. Um, on the flip side, we didn't record last <laughs> week because I had COVID. <laughs> um, dun, dun, and, dun. and it actually wasn't that bad for me, except I had no voice. Like that was how it hit me. Mm. Um now, you know, this is our bully pulpit. I think it's a good place to just remind folks, though, I, not that I think that we have a lot of folks listening to this that aren't vaxxed, but, you know, uh, if you're vaxxed and boosted, uh, if you get this thing, it's likely going to be pretty darn mild. And my case was pretty mild. You know, I had a bad sore throat for a couple of days, mm-hmm. a little coughing, mm-hmm. a little sneezing, a little bit, you know, maybe a little droopy, draggy, but otherwise... <laughs> I've had kind of basic colds that were a lot worse. And it's interesting to think about if we hadn't gotten the vaccines and we hadn't been boosted or, or, you know, how much worse would this have been? And uh, arguably quite a bit worse. So uh, I'm thankful for that. Get get vaccinated, get boosted. Um, The community spread is so high right now that, you know, kind of just going out, Mm -hmm. you're, you're at, you're at risk, even with good masking, you're at risk. And I was masked right. pretty much everywhere I went and still managed to get it. I think I probably got it from my kids um, who probably got it at school, but I actually don't know that. And right. um, part of me is relieved to kind of have that over with, have my breakthrough case over. Woo! And uh, now I can now I can go lick everyone. It's all good. So uh, <laughs> thank God no you're biggie. several states away. I do no not biggie. want to be licked. No biggie. <laughs> In general, just in general, (laughs) I'm not naked and I don't like to be licked. Yes. Uh, That's fair. That's fair. Most people don't (laughs) like, most people at least don't like the second part. (laughs) In the right context. Right. Okay. So, uh, but we should talk about the big news that came out last week, which was the Supreme Court striking down OSHA's ability to implement its vax or test mandate. And I want to be very careful because as Justice Sotomayor repeatedly mentioned in the oral argument, this was not a vaccination mandate. This was a vax or test mandate, which is different. Um, yes, it is. That, 
you could you could have chosen as an employer to say we are going to test those other folks. Um, but the Supreme Court struck it down saying that COVID-19 is not a workplace hazard, uh, much to the chagrin of folks like me who are over the pandemic, yet still worried about getting sick and still worried about our friends who could still get sick and the like. And so I'm I'm frustrated by it. I don't think the pandemic is ever going to end unless we get the 84 million people who were covered by this OSHA action actually vaccinated. But here we are. They're not able to. I do want to point out that in his concurrence, Gorsuch and his two buddies do mention that others have the authority to implement a vaccination mandate, like the Supreme Court case in 1905, which was a smallpox vaccination from the state of Massachusetts. So it's still possible that states could do it. it. Employers are still freely able, unless they're in a state that has outlawed it, still freely able to mandate. In fact, hometown hero employer in your neck of the woods is going to be terminating a bunch of employees who chose not to get vaccinated. Nike, in addition to many hospitals and clinics that have let folks go. Um, Our hometown or state town hero, uh, the Mayo Clinic, let 700 go, which was less than 1% of their staff. Um, So that was, you know, I think if someone was going to the Mayo Clinic, that they would assume that they were in a safer COVID environment than going to another health clinic and Mayo Clinic made sure that that was true. Um, But on top of that healthcare piece, if your clinic provider receives Medicare and Medicaid, they are still able to mandate the vaccine under the CMS rule, which the Supreme Court upheld, surprising those of us who uh, despise Justice Kavanaugh significantly. So Roberts and Kavanaugh sided with the three liberals on that one. Yes. And I think that one gives us a glimpse of what could happen when the federal contractor one makes the Supreme Court. Um, Not that they were very specific about the spending clause provision, but that provision of the Constitution gives the power to the executive of how the executive branch manages the federal contracts. And I think that's why we'll still see the federal contractor allowed to be implemented and continue to be enforced minus the current stay. So. Yeah, I I tend to agree. Who knows with this court what they'll do, but I tend to agree (laughs) that that was a signal that that's a more likely outcome than we might have thought before uh, as it relates to the federal contractor mandate. And can I just say one quick thing about the actual argument? Um, The attorney for the National Federation of Independent Businesses, I think that's the NFIB, what it means, um, conceded grave danger right out of the gate in the oral argument, which would have made this decision so much more narrow as the, the implications in the future. Because right now, if the COVID if COVID is a public health concern and that the general public has that risk, then an employer cannot take action against that risk or OSHA cannot regulate an employer against that risk, I should say, to be specific. But fire is a risk for the general public. Uh, Air quality is a condition for the general public. And so if OSHA can't regulate things that are not specifically workplace related, then those regulations don't matter anymore. It's going to be interesting to see if if that interpretation kind of moves forward and other areas that OSHA has regulated end up being challenged now going forward. And the 
dude even said that tasking and masking weren't appropriate workplace things for OSHA to regulate either, which was the court did not say that in its opinion. But to give the idea that even OSHA can't tell an employer you have to require masks or that if the employer wants to test, like just, oh my God, I can't believe the lack of common sense from that particular attorney. So. Yeah, it was bad. It was bad. So do you want to turn to some traditional hostile work environment stuff? I mean, it's what we're here for. It's in our name. It's okay. been a month since we've been able to talk about uh, anything <laughs> like that. Uh, so I assume, as usual, we're going to start with our most uplifting, happy story. Yes. Let's talk about some happiness. I mean, I do have a funny quip about this one. So I should say that right out of the gate. But so as a University of Minnesota alum and proud Golden Gopher, I already have a bias against the University of Michigan. So if you feel the hate literally coming out of my voice, it's 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 part for what happened, but also it's Michigan. Like, go Gophers. Woohoo. So um the University of Michigan late last week or yesterday, sorry, Saturday this week, um, terminated its president for having an inappropriate relationship with a subordinate. And the relationship had been going on for more than recently. Like the emails that the University of Michigan published on its website, like it dropped 118 pages of emails between these two individuals on its website. You can go read them. Um, the emails talk about how um, I he got a box of knishes, and so he wanted to lure her to his office with some knishes, and that she mentioned that her heart hurt and that he apologized and wished he was strong enough to make this work. Um, she typed in, oh, yes, at one point, and his response was, I love it when you say that. Like, whoa, they try to coordinate travel with each other. Mm -hmm. They share cooking recipes and poetry. And my particular favorite was the conversation between them about an Audi e-tron and how she drove an Audi and he wished he could be as cool as she was, which as an Audi e-tron driver, I was like, oh, that's really funny. So this comes You can identify with the situation. Oh, yeah. Like the Audi love, I'm all there for it. Remember, this is my first brand new car. So I'm not super elitist in this particular point. I'd like to point that out. But so the University of Michigan terminates him. And this comes on the heels of a longstanding controversy with the University of Michigan because they had hired back way back when. And let me see if I can find the actual. They had hired him in 1949. I'm sorry, 1953, he gets his medical degree from the University of Michigan, and they hired this doctor who starts working for the University of Michigan, and he performs over 4,065 medical exams um, for them in a long period of time. He eventually retires in 2003. But during that point, he became the physician for the University of Michigan's athletic department. And during that time, over 1,200 different cases of sexual abuse on behalf of this doctor were lodged shortly after his uh, tenure. Um, The university did virtually nothing in response to this. Um, 
in July of 2020, the first female survivor comes forward and that says that he had sexually abused her in the mid seventies. Um, he grabbed her breasts, made cruel comments about them and vaginally penetrated her with his fingers while not wearing gloves. Um, just the conduct is just horrible. And since it had been so far in the past, the university of Michigan did virtually nothing in response. It slightly updated some policies with to align with federal Title IX guidance, but it didn't really do a whole lot. So when, did, group, when was this when was this coming out? This was like 15 years ago. No, no, no. This was coming out after his um, retirement in which started in, in 2003. Two, right. So about 15, 17 years. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Then we start getting. In February of 2020, they create a compliance hotline, and that's where we start getting all of these cases from that hotline. Oh, so a lot of this didn't come to light until the last year or so. No, last oh, year. Wow. So. In fact, Wilmer Hale released its report upon him, which found that they had collected information from more than 800 people, including 600 former patients. Um, and the report, I think, is like 400 and some pages long. But the University of Michigan didn't really do a whole lot in response to this, maybe in part because it was so old, like he was no longer there. He's no longer a threat. They didn't really do much at that point in time. Right. Um, So they start taking some action in July of 2020. They take some slight updates to their policy and they create an equity, civil rights and Title IX office. to make it more specific about what the office was supposed to do. But there was a longstanding protest outside the University of Michigan president's home from former Michigan running backs. And one of the running backs who had been abused by this man was running for regent. And eventually the president of the University of Michigan decides that he is going to step back. He's going to end his contract in 2023. But given the light, all of this new information about his relationship with a subordinate of which the University of Michigan just got its report December 8th about the potential relationship. And now we're six weeks later and he's losing his job. So, yeah. Isn't that fascinating? Yeah, that's, I mean, I, I mean, I get, a little bit, you know, it's so far in the past, he's been gone for a long time. You know, there's not much you can do, but you can expose it, you can talk about it, you can recommit Mm -hmm. to, you know, if we had known, we're now making it easier for you to tell us about things like this. And and just being very public about changes you're making, even, even if you're 15 years too late, or much longer than that, because the guy was around for so long. Um, so it sounds like there was a lot more they could have done, uh, anyway, and that the argument that there's not much they can do at this point doesn't really fly too well for me. Right. And I, I will say what the university of president, university of Michigan president was doing with this subordinate is not nearly as bad as the sexual assault and abuse claims, not nearly as bad. Is it problematic? Absolutely. You know, through, you know, he is the organization for all intents and purposes. So when he engages in this kind of behavior, it's automatic liability. Mm -hmm. But there is 
there are degrees of difference here. And in while the emails do not met this out as much, it she was not having this happen. She is not asking for this to happen. Um, and so it's not clear how much welcomeness was involved in her part of it. So fair. Yeah. Yikes. So yeah. Want to talk about something a little bit more fun? Yeah. Should, should, can we can we revisit a story from our last episode? Yes, please. So if you recall on our last episode, um, we had our, our friend John Hyman on to talk about Worst Employer of the Year, and he gave us uh, a whole bunch of the nominees. And I think you and I were both a little dubious that one of them deserved to be there. <laughs> this is the, the, uh, the, the employer in Georgia who paid the former employee with a wheelbarrow full of uh, oil covered pennies. Uh, I think, you know, notwithstanding that I think there were clearly some wage, you know, payment violations, not the legal tender aspect of it, but just timing and, you know, final pay had been due already and hadn't been paid. And I think there were some issues around yeah. that. We were both like, all right, so we've got some cases here that talk about slavery and we've got, we've got, you know, a case here <laughs> with some pennies, which one does not belong. And, you know, and so, uh, I think we dragged him a little bit for that. And so in the meantime, a couple of weeks ago, uh, a new news story came out about this case that the U.S. Department of Labor uh, uh, was filing a lawsuit against the employer. Uh, mm-hmm. And a lot of the headlines about it said that there was a component of this that was, you know, a retaliation component that that paying him with the wheelbarrow full of pennies and the way that they did was retaliatory. Uh, and, you know, there's some other things that they did, like post some pretty bad stuff or, you know, uh, questions on their website about the terrible things that this, you know, former employee might have done, uh, implying, (laughs) implying certain things. Um, and, you know, I got a little bit, uh, I think John posted on LinkedIn and, and elsewhere, you know, some vindication that, you know, this, this did, uh, justify uh their inclusion in the list and i just want to say that i completely disagree so (laughs) (laughs) so first uh i still don't think even at its worst you know a wage and hour violation uh gets anywhere close to many of the other employers on the list there um and also in looking at it a lot of the reporting on this i thought was really poor um in, in that I read the complaint that's been filed and it doesn't have a retaliation claim in it. It talks about some additional <laughs> bad behavior, but it's just a straight up wage claim, which was already, if I recall, the employee had already filed a wage claim. Uh, now it's just that the Department of Labor is is bringing a claim as well. Uh, you know, I don't think either of us went so far as to say that this employer is a hero for their creative payment no. techniques. Uh, but I got close, though. Uh, well, I think we were close. I mean, there's a certain <laughs> level of creativity and spite yes. that I think speaks to both of us. Uh, but anyway, I just thought it would be interesting to talk about that. Uh, you know, the Department of Labor has gotten involved. Uh, that does raise the seriousness. Uh, it does mm-hmm. raise it, it does raise the stakes a little bit. Um, but in the end, uh, John, I still don't think that this belongs on your list. And I, I still think that... Uh, <laughs> Pennies are legal tender, and you can pay somebody with a wheelbarrow full of them. Uh, money right. is money. Yeah, money is money, and it, it would be hard. I'd be hard pressed for the Department of Labor to argue that this isn't money, 
Um, is it outside the normal course of how they pay? Probably. <laughs> I'm assuming that there's not, maybe it's greasy nickels for everyone else, but. Um, <laughs> as opposed to oily pennies. <laughs> yeah. Yes, exactly. So, but I, I don't know. I, I still hard pressed. Now, is a jury going to like this? Definitely not. A jury is not going to like Unless this. Unless we're on but... the jury. <laughs> We'd be like, ha ha, yes. these guys are awesome. This is hilarious. <laughs> Yeah, but he's pretty dickish in some of the stuff that the oh, totally. is back and forth. Totally. And so I'm not sure that, that you know, the grandmas who generally serve on juries because they don't have excuses to be off of them are going to be excited about that kind of behavior. So. That's fair. That's fair. We'll see. I don't know. A Georgia jury. Hmm. I don't know. <laughs> yep. Could be. Okay. Let's talk about everyone's favorite vertically challenged actor okay yeah i so, i already know who it is <laughs> i love this what <laughs> so this comes from an mi the asshole from reddit but it was posted on twitter and the reason why i saw it was because it was posted on twitter i i am not on the reddit very often and the actual story has been taken down from reddit so i still have the tweet and that's why we're gonna go for it okay and it has to do with a relationship so the woman in this the relationship is asking whether she's the asshole about this. And I'm going to give you a preview. I don't think she's an asshole here, um, but we'll, we'll get your opinion as well. So her, her boyfriend really likes Danny DeVito. They've been together for six years and he's always liked them. In fact, when they first got together, he had a cardboard cutout of Danny DeVito that he had gotten a couple of years before. And it had like not a bothered size, her. Like a life-size one, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. Where you put your hand. I was going to say like a five or six foot, but it's Danny DeVito, so it's a little shorter than that. But yeah, like <laughs> A little shorter than that. Yes. And I do not subscribe to the Randy Newman, sure people have no reason to live, although I think the song is hilarious. Okay. So. <laughs> okay. So he has a really well-paying job, and his boss had told him that when he was going to retire, he was going to be recommending the boyfriend for the job so that he is up for a potential promotion. And he had been there for 12 years. So this would be a great advancement for it. And he totally deserves it in her opinion. So here's the strange part. I'm going to read it directly from it. Okay. So due to him now homeworking, he's been doing a lot of more video calls and his boss's boss, Jay, really doesn't like the Danny DeVito cardboard cutout. He's asked him to remove it during a meeting. So he did. And the meeting carried on. The week after that, in another meeting, it was back in in its usual spot. So Danny's back. And after the meeting, Jay asked her husband to, I thought this was a boyfriend. Yeah. Okay. Asked her boyfriend to hang on and blew up, blew up at him over the cardboard cutout being back. He snapped back that he was unable to, to tell him how to decorate his house because he's homeworking. And unless he formally puts it in writing, he won't be removing it. Which is funny for two, two pieces here. He's at home and your boss doesn't get to tell you how to decorate your home. Unless it is a big distraction, right? Sure. If... If I had the traditional snap-on calendar behind me, that would be harassing. And I would, as someone's boss, I would say, please take that down, right? Like, you of can't course. have that kind of behavior. Of Saying you can't have Danny DeVito might be a little different unless it's the stripper Danny DeVito from that particular Friends episode. Huh? <laughs> okay? Yes. The second part of this that I find really interesting is that... Um, 
that he gets his boss gets mad at him about it. Okay. And that he wants him to put it in writing. The boyfriend wants him to put it in writing. The fact that it's in writing doesn't matter, people. Like very rarely matters that if it's in yeah, writing. If your boss it's really asks you important. to do something, you, uh, yeah. Okay, putting it in writing. So she tries to speak with him calmly about it, and he's having none of it. Instead, he goes and he buys an oil painting of Danny DeVito, and he hangs it up behind him so that yeah, and more cutouts. So now it's just populated with Danny DeVito's all behind him. Okay, and his boss's boss tells him that he can't fire him, but his career is dead. And so the boyfriend goes out and starts trying to find a new job. So now it's such a it's such a short hill to die on. (laughs) Oh my, we're gonna lose listeners. Okay, Uh, so (laughs) okay, so she tries to speak to him calmly about it and saying, "Hey." Just do what your boss wants you to do. Like, I think that's a pretty reasonable statement for her to say. Of course. Right. Like, don't blow your career up over Danny DeVito, of which you've never really met. But he responds and blows up at her and that he's not saying, he says that he's not staying somewhere who values, who who doesn't value the decorations over his room, over the quality of his work. And so they just, they stopped talking for a couple of days and she asked if she's the asshole because she didn't take his side and support him in his need to have Danny DeVito. I don't think she's an asshole here. I think he is a bit of the asshole. I think Jay is a bit of the asshole here for getting so upset about Danny DeVito, but I don't think she is. So. Yeah. I I don't even think Jay's that much of an asshole. Honestly. (laughs) Okay. I'm sorry, but I, I just think he's being an idiot about all this. Um, you know, mm-hmm. you know, not notwithstanding my short puns and apologies to anybody who is, you know, more vertically challenged <laughs> amongst our listenership. Uh, uh, <laughs> there are many advantages to being short as a tall person. I will say that, um, but uh, I just think that he's, you know, he, it's just it's the wrong hill to die on. Like, <laughs> like, like, there's just. There's there's plenty of things that I think if Jay were were you know were were kind of all over him about it that he could legitimately be like come on like you're being unreasonable but a life size Danny DeVito cut out in the back of every <laughs> professional call like I don't think that's unreasonable to ask him to not have that be there. Yeah, I I think so too. I, well, I think to get super upset about it is one like is one thing like your career here is ending. I think that's ad asshole behavior, which, which causes both of them to dig their heels in at that point in time, which is not great management style. I might've worded that differently, but if I've asked him a couple times and he doubles down and he gets the painting out of spite and he does, you know, it comes to a point where it's like, you're not taking this seriously. And I don't know that it's a great working relationship if you can't take these basic requests seriously, especially I don't know enough about the scenario. Who knows who else was on these calls? Were there clients, investors, other people that, you you know, you want to present more Mm -hmm. conservatively to, Um, you know, and it's it's not like, you know, change your hairstyle (laughs) or something. It's just get it's just get Danny DeVito away. It's not. (laughs) 
I'm sorry, but Danny yes. DeVito is not a protected class. No, 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 no. Danny DeVito is not a protected class. <laughs> and, you know, if someone had a picture of Danny DeVito, no, if there was an oil painting of Danny DeVito behind one of my employees' faces on a Zoom call, I might get distracted because I'm laughing so hard that someone has an oil painting of Danny DeVito. Um, right. I mean, I'm tempted to watch Throw Mama from the Train again re- now, but it, it's not like I'm going to be like, oh, I have to fire this person. So, but ridiculous. It's crazy. I love it. Not the asshole. <laughs> not the asshole. Not the asshole. <laughs> I do think the boyfriend is the asshole here. For oh, totally. Totally. Totally digging and blowing up a relationship over it. Like, dumb. Dumb. Right. I mean, so. I respect the love for Danny. Like, don't get me wrong. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Kindergarten cop. Here we come. Twins. No, twins. Twins. Yes. Right. No, I love twins. Yeah. Could that. Yeah. Kindergarten cop was Arnold. Uh, yes. But. That's but another. Arnold uh, is twin. Yes. Right. Arnold is, and Danny were the twins. Uh, and clearly. Uh, we know which one uh, the person in this scenario prefers <laughs> between the two of them. Yes. So. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, do you have a salt and vinegar style story for us next? <laughs> I do. <laughs> um, so I know that you're familiar. If this had come out of out of nowhere, I'd be asking you if you know about all of this. But I know you know about this, and you actually tagged me in this, uh, as many others did. Just to be clear, uh, and uh, we we actually had even some mild interaction with the players on this, uh, uh, and got some Twitter interaction with them. So this is this is a great story. So so the Portland Pickles. So we're, yes. I, I'm violating my own policy not to do a lot of local stuff because I think this one's, <laughs> this one's, uh, it's just worth it and it's funny and the whole thing is, I think, fantastic. So uh, Portland Pickles, they are a baseball team. Uh, they play, uh-huh. in, they're located here in Portland. Uh, they play in the West Coast League, which is a collegiate summer baseball league that has 15 teams across Oregon, Washington, and British Columbia. Okay. And in fact, uh, I know for many folks until this story came up, they'd never heard of the Portland Pickles. Of course, being local, I have. I've never been to a Pickles game here in Portland. But a few years ago, we were uh, spending a week in uh, Victoria, B.C. with some friends. And we were walking down the street and past this baseball field. And there was a big sign on it saying, you know, on the electronic marquee saying, uh-huh. uh, Victoria Harbor Cats versus Portland Pickles next three nights. So I have actually been to a Pickles game, but only in Canada. (laughs) Which makes it better. Which makes Mm -hmm. it better. Uh, And it was a blast. It was a lot of fun. So it's kind of short season, you know, summer baseball, college players, kind of acts like a minor league team. Plenty of players from this league have gone on to play professionally and in the major leagues. Uh, Mm -hmm. The Pickles have a mascot. Okay. His name a pickle. His name is Dylan. <laughs> Please, okay. I didn't get far enough into the story. Please say it's spelled D I L L I N apostrophe. Oh, I wish. No, it's just D I L L O N. That, but okay. <laughs> but maybe, maybe you should go back on Twitter and make that suggestion for a, a spelling change because that would be awesome. 
So Dylan, <laughs> like most mascots, you know, he's a giant. Well, he most mascots aren't a giant dill pickle, but like most mascots, <laughs> which is what he is. But he walks around his games and does what mascots do. He's a, he's just a giant pickle, which fits the all the all the theme. So mm-hmm. last week, the pickles te- did a little teaser on Twitter that says, all caps, mascot Twitter takeover. Uh-huh. Our mascot, Dylan, will be taking over our Twitter account now. Our next tweet will be him. Feel free to ask any questions or just show your support. Yes. Uh-huh. So Dylan Show takes... Show your enthusiasm. That's right. So <laughs> Dylan takes over the account. And he tweets a photo. And the caption to the photo is... Says, new phone, who dis? <laughs> like, I have a new phone. I don't know how to use it. Who am I talking to? Yes. The photo was a photo of his thumb. <laughs> A green thumb. A green thumb that was placed in front of his pickles jersey clad torso, but was quote unquote. But low enough. Well, yeah, I'm getting there. <laughs> was quote unquote accidentally cropped to cut off the rest of his hand. So only the top of his thumb appeared square in the center of his lap. <laughs> Making this quite suggestive of a pickle and his uh, appropriately colored phallus. <laughs> okay. This later yes. gets played off as an accident, but on the tweet, he tags, amongst others, Manscaped. So he tags the Manscaped <laughs> Twitter account. Stakeums. Okay. Bush's Beans. <laughs> California State Senator Scott Weiner. <laughs> Oscar Meyer. Okay. Corn Nuts. And some random dude named Justin Dickmeyer. Awesome. <laughs> Four minutes later, the official team account retweets the photo and says. We have ended our mascot takeover. <laughs> it has come to our attention that this photo can be misinterpreted as a disturbing image. Dylan would like to go on the record and say he was trying to give his fans a thumbs up. <laughs> uh-huh. Yay! Subsequent tweets said, We have identified the social media manager involved in the incident and will be launching an internal investigation. An unnamed at Gherkin baseball mascot was involved. Uh, The Gherkins are a, an affiliate of the pickles also based in Portland. So another baseball team. So they're saying that the the Portland Gherkins, the Portland Gherkin mascot (laughs) may have set up. uh, Oh, that's awesome. Uh, it then says, we will continue our internal investigation and will likely release the findings tomorrow. We assure you that we are hard at work to get to the bottom of this, and it is a big deal to us. <laughs> oh, okay. So I realize that I am an attorney practicing a lot of sexual harassment stuff, but I find this absolutely thrilling. 
it's it's amazing. I... So so the team then <laughs> there's a little more here. The team then retweets an Uproxx article that has some advice in it, uh-huh. and they circle this advice. As always, this is what the article said. As always, the lesson is to look carefully at pictures before you post them to your company's social account, because sometimes you <laughs> might have a photo that makes it look like your mascot is exposing himself to everyone. <laughs> On Thursday last week, the team then tweets a video of Dylan, and it basically it's like a, it, it shows kind of through pictures all of the history that I've just retold to you. And at the end, it shows Dylan in front of a presidential style podium wearing a hat. (laughs) And there's a banner in front of it saying, I was framed. (laughs) And thus ended Dillgate. By the next day, the team's Twitter account was back to normal and, you know, tweeting puppies and other stuff that, you know, sports teams accounts do. So, so my prudish friend, Kate, I've got a question for you. Uh-huh. Uh, uh-huh. Was this a terrible idea and should heads roll here? Or is this brilliant marketing <laughs> scheme to bring national publicity to a totally obscure minor league baseball team? Okay. So it is very easy to cross the line on a marketing scheme like this. And the line is very wide and it is very gray. And I think they stepped into a very light shade of gray, but I think it's brilliant. So I would be a fan. I agree. I think it's genius. I think it's genius. <laughs> I think you're right. They step up to a line. Maybe they move into the gray area of the line, but it's genius enough that uh, uh, it clearly took some good planning and oh so um, much planning and is some good satire i think about what we're seeing in reality across the board in many different industries including sports <laughs> um and it's some good satire uh the the lessons there for sure uh-huh. uh what they're mocking is there for sure uh and i think you know I, I suspect I didn't look at the numbers, but I suspect that the Portland Pickles have many, many, many more followers on Twitter now than they did before. I mean, this made national well, news. This was on Colbert. This was on a bunch yeah. of other national shows. So, uh, well, they're now they're now at nearly twenty eight thousand followers. So, yeah, I don't that, know what it was before. Di- but... Oh my gosh! And there's even a T shirt. Is there? There is a T shirt. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a white t-shirt that says no phone who diss and then a green felted thumbs up but oh lower God. on the t-shirt <laughs> i might i might need to get that i may need to go get that <laughs> and they have been verified so since the first time i saw this they were not verified they've got the check mark now but okay. oh my god <laughs> That's a great story. I love Portland. I love the Portland Pickles. That's so awesome. Uh, I was already a fan, but you know, you know, maybe this summer I'll actually go to some games here. Yeah. So new phone, who dis? Green felted thumbs up. Blower in the corner. That's awesome. Genius. Now, right before the holidays, we got wind of another am i the asshole that fits squarely in the employment law arena um that we need to talk about right now i suspect that many of our listeners are already familiar with this this is going to kind of replace our usual end here we're not going to do a listener story today uh we are going to cover this particular am i the asshole um many of our listeners i already know from twitter 
are all over this. It has spawned uh, new Twitter accounts. Uh, a brilliant uh, Twitter account. Brilliant Twitter say. account uh, related to it. Uh, so for those of you who already o- are aware of the saga of Gene and Jorts, uh, <laughs> this will not be new for you. For those of you who uh-huh. aren't, I want, you know, I want you, we're going to read the entire saga. It's going to take a few minutes. Uh, Kate, please interject as, as appropriate, as always. Uh, and for those of you who are already aware of this, uh, just enjoy the ride. <laughs> so this was, again, on Reddit. And am I the asshole? And it's, am I the asshole for quote unquote, perpetuating ethnic stereotypes about George? <laughs> mm-hmm. This post is about two cats who are named Jean and Jorts. We have two workplace cats in one area of our work site. They add value to the work site. We all love the cats and the work site cat presence is not the issue. One of the cats, <laughs> Jean, is a tortoise shell cat we've had for years. The other cat, Jorts, is a large orange cat and a recent addition. Jorts is just kind of a simple guy. For example, Jorts can't open a door even when it's ajar. He shoves it whether he's going in or out. So often he closes the door he is trying to go through. This means he is often trapped inside the place he was trying to exit and meows until he is rescued. My colleague Pam... Not her real name, but I'm picturing Pam from Archer for anybody here. Um, Has been spending a lot of time trying to teach Jorts different things. The doors thing is the main example. It's a real issue because the cats are fed in a closet and Jorts keeps pushing the door closed. Jean can actually open all the other interior doors since they're a lever type of knob, but can't open this particular door if she's trapped inside the closet. Torty Jean... Jean. Right? Torty Jean is very nice to poor orange jorts. uh, And she has kept busy letting him out of rooms he has trapped himself (laughs) in. So this seems easy to resolve. I put down a doorstop. Pam then said that I was depriving jorts of, quote unquote, the chance to learn. And kept removing the doorstop. She set up a series of special learning activities for jorts and tried to put these tasks on the whiteboard of daily team tasks, I erased them. Okay, right here, I have to stop for a second. <coughs> like, you put training a cat that's a workplace cat on your list of tasks for the team? Like, come on. I mean, I am a very happy two-cat owner, the stereotypical HR lady over here. Um, but, man, alive. Like, on the team tasks, we're going to be training the cat. Like, this is where Pam lost me entirely before we even get to the next part. This is important workplace stuff, Kate. <laughs> I get it. I'm, I'm, I'm team Pam. Uh, so she thinks, <laughs> she being Pam, thinks we need to teach him how to clean himself better and how to get out of minor barriers, like when he gets a cup stuck on his head, etc. <laughs> I love George, but George's, but he's just dumb AF. And we can't change that. Don't get me wrong. Watching her try to teach George how to walk through a door is hilarious. But Jean got locked in the closet twice last week. Yesterday, I installed a cat cutout thing in the door. 
and Pam started to get really huffy. I made a gentle joke about you can't expect jeans tortoiseshell smarts from our orange cat jorts, which made Pam furious. She started crying and left the hallway, then sent an email to the group, including volunteers, and went home early. In her in her email, Pam said I was, quote, perpetuating ethnic stereotypes by saying orange cats are dumb, end quote, and is demanding a <laughs> racial sensitivity training before she will return. I don't think it's relevant, but just in case, Pam is a white person and a mostly minority staff, and no, she is not ginger and does not have red hair. <laughs> Important caveat. Mm-hmm. T- TLDR, so... <laughs> for those for this this was too, too long. long didn't read am i the asshole for enforcing an ethnic stereotype by joking that orange cats are often dumb thus ends <laughs> the first post uh-huh um i'm going to go out on a limb here and say there is no ethnicity difference between orange cats and torties and so no well, I'm gonna say also, not they're a- not people. <laughs> yes. So even if yes. there was an ethnicity or an ethnic difference between the two cats, <laughs> they're not people. <laughs> Which leads us to our second and follow-up uh-huh. post. Yes. Thanks for responding to my query, which had truly upset me. I worked to have a good relationship with my team and the situation had gotten weird so gradually that I lost perspective. I just met with HR. (laughs) Okay, now perspective is out the window entirely. I just met with HR. (laughs) She had already met with Pam. HR was concerned about Pam's comparing ethnic stereotypes with giving a cat a doorstop and they addressed that, which went well. HR will follow up. HR will follow up to make sure Pam understands. Uh, the replies to my query <laughs> were helpful uh, to me for this discussion. So good on you, Reddit and, commenters. Yep, and good on you, HR. Yes. Mm-hmm. Good job, HR here. HR also addressed Pam assigning other staff jorts-related tutoring, as it is not appropriate for Pam to assign others' work. This also went well. Yay! We both think Pam mm-hmm. had a hard time with transition from volunteer to staff and may have a new kid sensitivity projected to jorts. (laughs) Pam got emotional about her perception that I favor Jean over jorts and gave specific examples. Some of these things are fair. Jorts deserves respect as a member of our team. It's a cat. I love cats. It's a cat. It's a cat. There are three buildings in our workplace. Jean and jorts are limited to one. HR told me there were five holdouts about vaccines and restricting unvaccinated people from entering the building to protect Gene and Jorts was enough to win over four of them. That's crazy. But great. More importantly, the cat's presence greatly enhances our work with our clients and Jorts' friendly nature has been so great. Both cats truly are doing important work. Truly, Jorts deserves to be treated with respect. And we all deserve to be treated with dignity at work. So I will apologize to Jorts about some things that were insensitive or disrespectful. Okay, imagine that conversation. You have the cat. Hi, Jorts. I need to apologize to you. (laughs) 
for not being as respectful and being insensitive. For not respecting Pam for when she buttered you to teach you how to clean yourself better. Right. All right. So <laughs> so our author here has three different ways in which this is going to happen. So A, Jean has a nice cat bed with her name on it, while Jorts has chosen an old boot tray in my office with a towel in it. Recently, a, vis- recently, a visitor put wet boots in the boot tray, and Pam saw Jorts sleeping on the wet boots. I bought a bed for Jorts today, and a name tag has been ordered. B. I will apologize to Jorts and remove the sign saying, quote, days since Jorts had a trash can mishap, zero. Zero. Jorts likes to fish dirty paper cups out, and he often falls into the bin or gets a cup stuck on his head, etc. He is able to get out of the bin by tipping it over, so it isn't a safety issue. C. Gene's staff bio has, yeah, there's staff bios for the cats. Uh-huh, um, the cats, yep. Gene, <laughs> sorry, I'm not going to get through this. Gene's staff <laughs> bio has a photo of Gene, while George's <laughs> staff bio has a photo of a sweet potato. <laughs> I did not actually know that either cat had a staff bio. <laughs> but we will use a photo of George instead of a sweet potato. But HR George also suggested like changing. Pa- I'm sorry. What was that? But George is like a sweet potato. Well, Just that's why no. it's funny, Kate. That's why it's funny. <laughs> but it's about respect. <laughs> okay. <laughs> HR also suggesting changing changing Pam's duties so she is quote unquote in charge of the cats. This I refused. The cats uh-huh. are my staff, not Pam's. I think Pam was well-intended, but actually not meeting the needs of either Jean or Jorts, so they remain under my supervision. Pam is also not to put cups on Jorts's head or intentionally put him into frustrating situation given his unique needs. <laughs> Lastly, and this made us laugh. Made, this made us both laugh so hard we can't deal with it in person and will be said via email. <laughs> Pam admits that she has been putting margarine on Jorts in an attempt to teach him to groom himself better. This may explain the diarrhea problem Jean developed, which required a vet visit. Pam is not to apply margarine to any of her coworkers. Okay. Jean, that would definitely be harassment. To, buy to apply mar- margarine it. to your coworkers? What if you apply it to all of your coworkers? <laughs> well, what if it's butter? <laughs> what if it's butter? <laughs> I don't know if this is her- that would be harassment. It might be hazing, though. <laughs> uh, yes. Especially if she put butter on herself too. <laughs> um, if this task. Yes. Uh, Sorry, Pam is not to apply margarine to any of her coworkers. <laughs> Jean has shown she is willing to be in charge of helping Jort stay clean. If this task becomes onerous for Jean, we can have a groomer help. I am crying, <laughs> laughing as I type this. Yes. Added. Yes. <laughs> I am so glad this brought joy. Fan mail can be directed to <laughs> jortsandjean at gmail.com 
Or follow the Jorts and Jean <laughs> joke account on Twitter at Jorts the Cat. Awesome. Awesome. I I know that there that on Reddit that this has been read by thousands of people and that it has been put up as one of the ones that should win for am I the asshole, like a, a contest. I think it absolutely should. I'm, I'm just imagining like the person who wrote it did a great job. Like, oh my gosh, it's so great. And the conversation with HR, like what a delightful thing for HR to have to deal with at this point in time, given just how shitty we've been being in HR. So I hope they got the love out of this, <laughs> especially once they discovered she was lubing jorts to teach him how to how clean to groom himself. himself. <laughs> yes. I mean, maybe that so. would have been okay if it would have helped him squeeze through doors better. <laughs> if that was the intended purpose. If that, maybe, then that's okay. But to clean yourself? No. Learn the groom better? No. Well, we did it. We did know. Yeah, we do know that Jorts is a fat cat because that was in the first one. So yes. slipping through that cat door. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh that was yes. that was brilliant. Uh awesome. genius. Um uh, remember uh uh protected classes, people, not not non people. People. Yes. It's, That's so our one lesson. of the commentators I follow yeah, one of the commentators I follow on Twitter is Ellie Mistel. Mistel? Formerly of Above the Law. law now. Yep. Yeah. And he is brilliant. Whenever there's a Supreme Court decision, like you can count on him to do a pretty dang good analysis um, about it. And he, like, somebody had, like, millions of people had tagged him in this, I feel like. And his response was, These are cats, not people, people. <laughs> and right. I was like, Why are we talking right. about this? <laughs> No, because it's fun. Like we get to talk about something fun and ridiculous. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. That's our show for today. Uh, <laughs> uh, um, many of you have done a great job in responding to our pleas for stories. Um, however, <clears throat> and and this is not to discourage anyone from doing this because we I love this and it does help. Uh, Many yeah. of you have taken to sending us links to stories, uh, which is always great. The thing we crave and want more of uh, are your own <laughs> stories written out. So uh, that's not to say, please don't send us articles. Send us all of them. There's only, obviously, we have a limited number we can cover, uh, given the length and frequency yeah. of this podcast. But uh, please continue to send those. Uh, they are amazing. But we also need your stories written out, written out yes. like that Gene and George story for maximum suspense <laughs> and laughter uh, and absurdity. Uh, and so, if there's butter involved, extra bonus. Yeah, yeah. Butter, margarine, workplace <laughs> stories uh, tend to rate highly here. So all the greases, all the, any anything, you know, oily pennies too tend to go well. So. Uh, oil, grease, margarine, uh, you know, uh, any, any of any, anything, you know, slick or greasy is going to be, uh, well, well handled on this, this, uh, apparently very adult episode of Hustle Work and Learn. So, um, Kate, how can folks reach you? Uh, you can find me at, at K8. 
B-I-S-C-H.com or on the Twitters or even on LinkedIn. Um, so, and where can we find you, sir? You can find me uh, at Salad Pants on the Twitter and then uh, at the Bullard Law website. Uh, my contact information's all there. You can send us stuff. Uh, lots of people have been sending me stuff on LinkedIn. Actually, I forgot before I went and looked. I think I got a couple of actual written stories on LinkedIn and then I forget to go back. Uh, and look at them later. Uh, LinkedIn, okay. Our our email address, even better, uh, podcast at gmail.com, uh, because I don't yes. forget to check that before every episode uh, multiple times. Uh, I don't, I do want to say I, I do receive everything you send. I don't respond to everybody. Uh, thank you, thank you, thank you, everybody who sends us stuff, especially our, our uh, more volume senders. Uh, you know who you are. Uh, I have a deep appreciation. I don't respond to every one of them, uh, but they are <laughs> yes. they are uh, fantastic, and uh, I read every single one. So just be aware that uh, we do yes. track it, even if I don't respond to everything, given my busy days. <laughs> so, um, yeah. all right. So we'll be back in a Stay couple. Stay safe of weeks. out there. Stay safe. Um, get your vaccinations. Um, mm-hmm. You know, don't go get COVID, but. I'm hopeful that for the vast, vast majority of folks who do, because many of you will, given what's been going on, uh, that it's mild uh, and easily Mm -hmm. managed, uh, which I think. Oh, look, there's your cat. Showing (laughs) up right at the right moment. (laughs) That's Kalu. Yep. Hi. Sometimes getting right in front of the camera. So. Well, uh, Mm -hmm. that's awesome. That's that's some good timing right before we end. All right, everyone. Uh, We'll we'll see you in a couple weeks. Bye.